Hi, and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. I am Sarah Garrett-Gasson, the opinion page editor, and I'm here with David Fitzsimmons, our columnist and cartoonist. Howdy, everybody. And Edward Salaya, our opinion writer and podcast producer. How are you doing, folks? So today is Wednesday morning. Uh, we are... Looking at the results from the primary election, it was a mail-in election, city of Tucson. Really, two races uh, that were uh, contested. Really, contested. Yeah. Really, yeah. So this is just the primary, but it's uh, Regina Romero uh, took the Democratic primary uh, nod in for mayor, and then in Ward One, which is Regina Romero's uh, ward that she. Uh, is leaving to hopefully be mayor in her eyes, uh, is to go with Lane Santa Cruz. And there's really no Republican. uh, I mean, there's a write-in candidate who will be on the ballot, but for a Republican to win in Ward 1, I think a Sharknado Mm -hmm. might need to to come through. (laughs) It is cloudy. A it nuclear is. powered Sharknado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh were you guys surprised that Rahina took it so handily? I was surprised. I was. I really thought Farley would do better. My assumption was that because he's been in politics for so long that he would have a, a bit of a political machine and a good ground operation. But apparently hers was a, a far greater and more powerful political machine. Uh thank you, Congressman uh Raul Grijalva. And uh, wow, the uh, the depth of her uh, endorsements from uh, yeah. various groups and individuals around the state and the community—it it was really impressive. She uh, she worked really hard. I, I feel kind of bad for Randy Dorman's what thirteen percent. Yeah, all those signs. Great <laughs> signs too. Great signs. I, I loved her signs. I think that she should do a show in uh, Mocha. Of the signage, <laughs> something contemporary art feeling. I think they should do it to where the artist is painting it upside down at first, to your, where you're like, "What? What exactly what is going?" Is and then that? he flips it around at the very end, and you're, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a good race. Uh, it was it was good to hear the candidates speak about the issues. They were fairly civil, save for some really ugly, ugly uh, outside mailers. Yep. I was amazed by the amount of money spent. Yeah, it's yeah. what was the figure like? Uh, more than a million? Uh, One point five? Half a million and a half? So the big number, I thought. I mean, outside of her, uh, you know, tons of of endorsements um, and the machine kind of backing her was, I believe, she outspent fairly two to one. Yeah. Um, just due to, and she was the clean elections candidate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that kind of. To me, you know, I, I don't think that money buys votes or anything like that, but it definitely helps with getting elected. But, you know, which made me think about what will, you know, I, I've heard Mr. Ackerley uh, speak and he, he roads, mm-hmm. roads, big yeah. roads, guys. wants to focus on roads. I wonder if uh, her spending to get to uh, win the primary will be an issue at all in the race. You know, I guess it depends on Mr. Ackerley spending mm-hmm. himself, you know. So Ed Ackerley is running as an independent mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in the general election against now Regina Romero. Do you think that Republicans will automatically go to uh, Mr. Ackerley uh, as an independent, as the only other choice really to to the Democratic I, candidate? I think that those uh, members of the GOP who are not beholden um, – what do I want to say? Who are not totally uh, beholden to almost national issues, uh, 
that are important to them, people who are real, real dyed-in-the-wool Trump folks who are just not going to vote for anything that smells anything like a Democrat, which I believe Ed Ackerley was before he became an independent. Others, save those folks, I, I believe he'll get a very good showing of Republicans coming yeah. out for him. Yeah, yeah. So. I think uh, one of my first thoughts, was I was stunned that she had won, but then when I saw the image, I thought, well, great for Tucson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman, uh, a Latina, uh, it's everything Trump and the Trump era uh, resists and opposes and is critical of. So it made me very proud of Tucson. It made me feel like I'm living in a very American city that I love and mm-hmm. I'm proud of. Uh, and I, my second thought was, oh, my goodness, in the Trump era, I wonder when race is going to become an issue and her gender is going to become an issue. Uh, Ackley's got to be very careful about uh, his criticism so that it doesn't feel or smell like it's a, an attack on her race. Um, so that's uh, going to be tender. And I'm sure, you know, she's such a vocal person on these issues. It's going to be a very interesting, lively uh, campaign. I have no clue what to expect from Ed uh, what I am most interested to see is, uh, you know, when the candidates were together or whenever they addressed each other directly, there was never much of the catcalling and what you saw in the flyers from outside groups. Yeah. Since Ackerley's an independent, I'm interested to see if any sort of outside packs get behind him, whether they're backed by Republicans or not, and what line of attacks, kind of to your argument right there, they'll come after Rahina for. Um, if yeah. he doesn't have much of that, if it is just a kind of door-to-door, um, face-to-face campaign for Mr. Ackerley, I don't see there being much of a much of a race. This being much of an election, really. I I think you know he may draw some support from friends and family, but unless he's going to get some some outside money supporting him as an independent, I just don't see this being competitive. Well, that's a really good point. It makes me wonder about the office of mayor itself. All this money spent for, a what is it, $48,000 a year, ribbon-cutting, groundbreaking, uh, fairly powerless, you know, in terms of your, your ranking among your fellow city council members. Mm-hmm. You get the rubber clown gavel. You have to stay awake during the <laughs> council meetings. You have to, you have to participate in the, uh, the agenda. Uh, I, I don't, gra- I can't really grasp what is so, uh, what it is about the mayor's office unless, you know, for a figurehead and if you have a political, uh, stepping stone, uh, dream, perhaps. There it you might go. Be good. I think that during this next, uh, or what is it? Probably after it's all redistricted in 2024 or 2022. Yeah. I think that holding a position like mayor of Tucson. Well, it's not a million people exactly that live here. About a million people interact every day here within the region. Um, I think it looks really good if you're trying to run for, say, Rahul Grijalva's uh, congressional seat. Yes. In yeah. four to six years. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that uh, Rahina and Randy, uh, being women in this particular time, made a difference between in in who they? Drew is voters. Do you think that got people in, interested in the race? I know that the vote count between Rahina and Randy Dorman is is large, but do you think that 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 element played a part in more interest in this race than usual? Wow, 
That's an that's an interesting question. I'm I'm just thinking anecdotally of a number of times different individuals who've supported Randy Dorman will come up and tell me stories about her uh her uh, her very friendly outreach and her knowledge of uh, various agencies that could help these individuals, and that shaped uh, their opinion of her and their decision uh, to vote uh, for her and support her. I really assumed at the beginning that she and that the two she's uh, that uh, Ms. Norman and uh, Ms. Romero would somehow split the gender vote, and Farley would win. Uh, thinking that Farley, I originally thought, well, Farley would attract uh, female and male voters, I would think, and that the uh, two women might uh, uh, steal uh, those votes away from him. Oh, I was wrong in that analysis. Very wrong. I'm, you know, I just anecdotally, I saw a lot of um, folks that I follow on Twitter and Facebook who are what I would say is a little more involved politically uh, than your average citizen. Uh, they were pretty excited. I saw multiple posts last night that were congratulations to our first, you know, not quite yet, but first mayor, uh, female mayor, first Latinx mayor. Um, I think that at least Rahina's status of, for her running um, did ignite a little bit of a, a firestorm amongst people that were probably amongst her base, but maybe mm-hmm. folks that would not have voted or would not have cared as much about the mayoral race if a candidate who fit her her uh, her kind of bona fides was not running. Yeah, so. uh, I think she's the the one candidate among my off the record political friends who makes them uh, a bit uh, anxious and nervous uh, in time and terms of her uh, decision making and the you know so i me and sarah i think we were talking about that earlier too i i've just never gotten that sense from her uh in the few times that i've seen rahina debate in the time we had her in here um i see her as being very prepared for whatever it is she's coming in to do um well i may not agree with her answers she backs up her answers with what she feels are, are are evidence and um I just, to me, she has been a um, she has been a city council person for years now. Um, she has shown that she's more than serious about yeah. the issues. I, I, to me, those sort of criticisms, I just don't see it in the time that I've I've been following politics here. Well, you know how we ladies are. <laughs> um, I'm grateful she's easy to draw. <laughs> <laughs> Different criteria. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I, I will say that, and we said this in um, in his, in our endorsement of Randy Dorman. Uh, Who before the <laughs> before the primary that any one of the three would be a really good choice. I think this is hmm. one thing that was reassuring to me as a voter that the three choices each brought something different but i didn't get any sense that one or two or three of them would not be up to the task mm-hmm. so i think rahina romero is going to um i think building bridges and relationships is is a huge part of what the mayor does and that's a little different than in a ward mm-hmm. office because it's you're dealing with the state legislature, you're dealing with um, lots of different interests. So I think the job, I'll be interested to see how um, 
whoever wins, but how the job changes from how Bob Walkup did it, uh, our last Republican uh, mayor, and then Jonathan Rothschild had a different approach. And so whoever comes in will have a different era. It's much more politically divided, I think, in with the uh, identity of Tucson and who we are and how do we fit in with the rest of Arizona uh, because we don't have a good relationship with with the legislature. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think either way, uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about, which I know is sort of a a generic thing to (laughs) say, but Mm. I think it's going to be an interesting race. It's not going to just be, um, you know, between a candidate who's really super qualified and someone who's not, I think, which we have seen mm-hmm. in many races over the years. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to having both Ed Ackerley and Rahina Romero in for, for interviews as we get closer to the general election. Episode coming in September. Yes. So mm. let's move to uh, Ward 1. Yes. There were four Ward candidates uh, for the Democratic nomination, which in uh, all practical purposes is the general election for Ward 1 just because of the the voting demographics. Uh, we had Lane Santa Cruz uh, was the top vote getter. She has a very strong connection with Regina Romero, worked in her office, uh, very similar um, – Held their uh, campaign parties last night together. Yeah, I mean, very, very similar sort of base of support. And then it was uh, Rob Elias, a political newcomer. Did he really come in second? I Let me double check huh. that. Yes, he did. Wow. Followed by uh, Miguel Ortega and then Sammy Hamed. <sighs> Not a good night to be endorsed by the Daily Star. Wow. Well... Yeah. Sammy came in four? He did. But, I mean, I will nice say man. that it's, yeah, it's um, within several hundred votes. I mean, <laughs> Rob Elias was less than 100 votes uh, ahead of Miguel Ortega, and then Sammy was about 400 <laughs> votes behind that. Ah. So clearly Lane Santa Cruz with um, – 3,290 as of the latest that I could find yeah. the election results of uh, votes. The Rob Elias was, was like 1,600. Mm. So a, a wow. definitive um, victory. Victory, I would say. Wow. I knew I know Sammy personally. And I had the privilege of hearing uh, Ms. Santa Cruz give her stump speech in front of a uh, activist group here in Tucson. And I was very impressed by her. And I I sort of thought to myself, oh, this is the brains of the operation in that city council office. <laughs> she was so competent. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, up, I'm very happy for that ward that they have a, a competent representative on the city council. And, you know, talking about all this always brings me back to the idea of ward only elections or. Well, because, yeah, the general is citywide. Yeah, it's. And to it, me, when I saw the ward, uh, it's and I, and also the mayoral results as well. It is even though it was a Democratic uh, only um, primary, it is kind of disheartening to see the, the numbers 
just the total numbers of votes. Um, ah, yeah. Especially for Ward 1, I think. What is it, like maybe 8,000 total and that right there? Uh, yes, 7,633. Yeah, and I, I think I, there's got to be at least 60,000 people that, that live on, in Primaries that side of town. Primaries are rough. Very few people vote in primaries. I suppose more people vote for homecoming king and queen at the U of A. Yeah, probably at my own high school. There's probably more <laughs> than that. Um, it's So th- in that sense, I, I think there is an argument to be made that is this really representative? Um, yeah. And then it being ward only, I wish it would stay that way uh, when it comes to the uh, the actual general election, and it was not uh, Tucson, the whole, the whole city voting on it. Yeah, um, I'd like to hear the the justification for that or the argument for that. Um, yeah, but uh, I think she's from what she from what I heard from Miss Santa Cruz when she came in here. She sounded, like you said, David, on top of, of the issues. Um, she has an interesting uh, personal backstory to bring to the to the ward as well. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm interested to see what she'll bring to the city council because right now it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be looking a lot different. Yeah. A lot, lot different. Yeah, a lot different. A little bit more female representation. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the so- topic that I think might bring people out to the polls though. Marijuana. Oh, well, is Sorry. it going to be on the... Is, I don't think uh, so. Don't dang know. it. Just saying. But I think the Sanctuary City thing is going to be a big draw. Um, I think that is the... Uh, forget the, the actual races for seats. I think that is the campaign to watch yeah. coming up here. Everyone, Everyone's again it. You in would, higher office. Everyone is against it, and then you just you all you need to do is jump on Twitter or Facebook, and right. the youngins are all for it. Yeah, um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be close. Three months or two months ago, I would have said, "Nah, it ain't passing." The green shirt guy happens. Uh, yeah, Trump happens this last month, and it's. It, I think it's even money both ways. Do you think uh, uh, there'll be any uh, uh, money spent in either direction on this campaign? And by Maybe who? A little. By uh, outside of... A few. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps yeah. some Koch brother money. Just singular now. I almost wonder if it'd be the interest of the right for Tucson to become a sanctuary city. Just kind a, of a, like, piñata? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Turn the city into a piñata. Kind of make it a, a Nancy Pelosi of the <laughs> of, of cities, sort yeah. of something you can always point to. Yeah, California's getting boring. We yeah. need a new enemy. Yeah, but uh, mm. Romero's against it. She, uh, yeah, they're against it until mm. I think she is going to be against it unless it passes, and then I think she will be behind it one hundred percent. I think she will fight more than what she, uh, what you might even say needed to be fought for. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things that the idea is right on, the sentiment. Yeah. But getting into the details of it and what it would do, it's much more complicated than just saying yes, we are a safe place for, for people in in need. With the election turnout, I mean, primaries are always. Low. Low. But there was a lot more. I it just this is just anecdotal, my impression. It seemed to be a lot livelier than mm. 
previous mayoral primaries, uh, going back not four years, but eight years when Jonathan Rothschild won mm -hmm. election as mayor. I just don't remember. I mean, it's a ton of money. It seemed to get nastier with the outside influences than I remember in the past. And I don't know if that is just a function of the times we're living in with, you know, Trump has happened and things have just been ratcheted up or if this is some sort of, I mean, the optimist in me is hoping that this is some sort of renewed civic interest that people are, are going to the polls and wanting to be engaged and that this will carry forward um, a year and a few months. What do you guys think? I like, I like that optimistic theory. I, uh, and I don't, ha I don't uh, have any data to back up this uh, speculation, but I, I think they did a lot of debates together, the, the, yes, the three of did. them. They did a lot of public shtick together, mm -hmm. and I, uh, I moderated only one and witnessed one other, and they were, uh, they were wonderful civil uh, engagement uh, exercises uh, by uh, fine candidates. That might have had uh, some impact, all the public uh, appearances they made together. Um, I think as far as like any sort of rollover to next year's, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see any sort of momentum growing as, except for maybe uh, Romero's kind of harnessing of folks who, who were excited about a Latinx uh, female person running and potentially being the next mayor of Tucson. I think that that group of folks, they're going to be real important in trying to, I mean, I guess I, I'm still not convinced Arizona is even a purple state, mm -hmm. but in trying to flip Arizona to, to the Democrats in the next, next, uh, next election cycle. I I think that there's there's some there's some momentum for that, but I don't see anything that's really encouraging to me. Nothing that makes me think that this isn't going to be a state that goes for Trump. Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't. As much as I wish, I um, I I think it is interesting it. Yeah. that so much money was spent here on yeah. what. I what I I really I, I really think it is looked at now as like a stepping stone kind of to a bigger a federal congressional sort of a position. Um, yeah, I I think that we're gonna be. I, I I really think that it's it just comes down to who the Democrats put on the big ticket next uh, next year. I don't see much of this rolling over. So. Yeah, I don't either. It's such a long ways off. Yeah. TikTok. So have you been following the uh, Democratic uh, candidate polling in the last I week have, here? looking at uh, 538. It's been, watch it's been interesting watching uh, Warren and Sanders go back and forth, sort of uh, um, seesawing. They're kind of ships in the night, though. They don't really acknowledge each other, but yeah. their, their policies are obviously yeah. in, you know, in, in kind of answer to each other. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see her getting large crowds now. Yes, yeah. uh, I think that this is a three-way race now. This is the big three horses are Sanders, Warren, and Biden. Biden's come back to the pack. I don't see him making it to the finish line, man. 
Wow, yeah. Each week. I don't either. What do you think, Sarah? I don't know. I I think part of me thinks that it's way too early to get um, really invested in any one sort of prediction. Mm -hmm. I also think about how the polls, what the polls were telling us right up until Election Day in 2016. So I have not put really any stock in polling because... Um, it just, I don't know. I, it's good to talk about, but I also, it it strikes me and I've made this sort of analogy before, um, before it's like sports center. It's, you know, just (laughs) talking all about what could happen, what might happen. (laughs) If this happens, then that happens. We have to play our kind of game and blah, blah, blah. So it's that sort of projection and anticipatory stuff that just drives me nuts because I'm much more interested in the ideas and what people have to say. But I also know that's not how a lot of people approach no, that's yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's an interesting point because uh, the candidates that we're talking about are pushing a uh, what I would consider a very progressive, radical agenda, which I personally like. <laughs> Don't know about the rest of the country, but uh, their policies are uh, bold and a uh, distinct contrast from the uh, chaotic, agendaless nonsense that's cursing us now. So I have a I have a little bit of a theory on some of these bold uh, policy proposals. Yeah, I think that I I think that Warren and Sanders actually they they do they would like to implement these policies. They do believe in these policies. Yeah. However, I think they know how they play with the base or with their intended audience, and I think they are realistic enough to know that if they were to get into office or if they were to even if they're to run for the general. They know that. I think they know that they they would have to. They're not going to get a majority of this because you'd have to you'd, you'd have to win the Senate and the House, and I don't think they're going to win the Senate back. And they'd have to win it big. It'd have to be veto proof. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they they know that these proposals are going to play well for these next six to eight months with the base, and then when it gets into the general, they can come a little bit back. Mm. towards reality. I don't want to say reality, but a little bit back towards the center so that they've got, they, they're not coming from this like, oh, hey, look at we're giving free stuff to everybody sort of thing. Oh, that's what Sean Hannity said last night. Here they come, giving everything away. It's, you know, it's a simple, silly argument, but it plays, it it, it resonates with a section of society that, I think we're going to need a few votes from in order to win. This well, unless election. that section of society, like farmers and workers in the Midwest, are hurting and regretting their support for Mister Chaos, and also so. who knows what chaos that human tornado will be spawning next year in October and November? Maybe nukes and tornadoes. Nukes and tornadoes. Please. <laughs> so, David, what do you have for us from your correspondence? Oh, here's here's a letter. Uh, This is about a column I did about lightning. (laughs) Your article always brings a smile to my face. I love the lightning also. Actually, your article made me understand some things I didn't. I always enjoy your stuff, except when you're bashing President Trump. (laughs) 
Side Mike Pompeo. I <laughs> got <laughs> great mail. That's the only one I got that's really interesting. The rest is just more, more uh, unconditional love from strangers. That's and good. We're just weary of hearing that. I, I need loathing. Oh, really? Yeah. As the summer's I, ending, I want more love. I think uh, righties have uh, just... Uh, they've given up? Yeah, yeah they've, they've given up. Packed it in? Yeah. I got the, this other that <laughs> says, Please don't retire for a long time yet. This is exactly what she sounds like. I look forward to your cartoons and your weekend columns. I think our fathers were clones. <laughs> I find that really disturbing. <laughs> P.S. One of my few regrets is that I didn't get to know you at Naylor Middle School. <laughs> this reader's been stalking me. That's really disturbing. Oh Believing God. that we are clones and a memory of me in middle school. Maybe your dad had a secret family. <gasps> Maybe. I... <laughs> I'm just imagining. Is, was middle school you very different than you today? Uh, yes. Really? Yes. Painfully shy. I, I remember a, a key moment of humiliation uh, when I was, <laughs> I was I was cast in the uh, Anne Frank play as Anne Frank's father, and there's a scene where I have to weep, and it I couldn't do it. It sounded more like I was sneezing, and <laughs> and one of my uh, fellow students on the back of the. Uh, uh, Auditorium <laughs> Fritzy. So not only was I mocked by a fellow student, but I had the nickname of Fritzy for the remaining of the school year. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that how people wow. cry? It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that oh, note, oh my gosh. we will bid you a fond adieu. <laughs> um, so please uh, get in touch with us through email. I'm at sgassen, S G A S S E N, at tucson.com, um, or send us letters to the editor and guest opinions at tucson.com slash opinion. David. Or Fritzy. Uh, Fritzy. Hey, Fritzy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm available at <laughs> Tuner, rhymes with tumor, T-O-O-N-E-R at Tucson.com. <laughs> and you can reach me, Edward Celaya, at E-Celaya, E-C-E-L-A-Y-A at Tucson.com, or look me up on Twitter at Reporter Eddie. So we also need to say that our views belong to ourselves and aren't necessarily oh, those of <laughs> Lee Enterprises, which owns the star. And um, thank you very much for being with us, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one, folks. Happy trails. Happy trails.